We've all done it as investors, even the great Warren Buffett. What is the it? It's buying a stock or holding onto a stock based on valuation, or holding onto it because it's down minus 30 to minus 50%, or thinking it's cheap, only to be massively disappointed by its stock returns going forward. The poster child for this kind of value trap over the last four quarters has been the stock of Facebook, now known as Meta. The main culprit behind Meta's stock plunge over the last four quarters is its peaking and rollover in its revenue growth post-COVID boost. At the same time, Mark Zuckerberg is taking the position of spending $19 billion on capital expenditures in 2021, $32.5 billion in 2022, and even more, $34 to $39 billion in 2023, building out his vision for the metaverse. This is with zero cash investment return on the horizon, as most people seeing the tipping point for the metaverse to consumer adoption outside of gaming, maybe it's five to 10 years away. Stocks don't like a plunging free cash flow like this. Much like the old baseball adage, hit them where they ain't, the best value stocks or groups like max negative sentiment, they like troughing, not declining revenue growth, they like troughing margins and peak capital spendings, not a continued ramp in spending into uncertain returns. The subject of this week's podcast, is that a value stock or group or is that a value trap? When to be a contrarian and when it's too early. I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Financial Group in Houston, Texas, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. It's Halloween, and I broke out the zombie apocalypse shirt because it's been that kind of year. Before we get into this week's topic, contrarian investing, value stock or value trap, please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. Value investors like to be early. But if you're too early, you can be wrong both on an absolute basis and a relative basis. What do I mean? I mean, every investor's public stock investment alternative is being in a low-cost index fund. I'm going to cover two groups that have had large outperformance in the last 18 months and posture. Maybe a third is on the cusp in 2023. Contrary to many investors' way of thinking, both of the first two groups were directly confronted by the current White House administration on the campaign trail in 2019 and upon President Biden taking office. Think back two years, because many investors said these two groups were uninvestable back then. The first group, energy stocks. First off, this is a confession. We own some, but not enough given their outperformance the last 18 months. Investors, these stocks were in a bear market for their very normal 12 years. Not 12 weeks, not 12 months, 12 years. They were dogs on a relative basis versus the S&P 500 from their peak in June of 2008 when the Olympics opened in China to March of 2020 when oil traded at a negative minus 40 because of the COVID shutdowns. Take a look at the chart of Exxon as poster child for the energy industry. The blue line in the background is the stock's performance versus the S&P 500. From June 2008 through March 2020, the stock fell almost minus 70% from peak to trough. Now you did get a near 4% dividend along the way, but even so, you lost almost minus 40% on a total return basis. This is while the price return of the S&P 500 was up over 100%. And with dividends reinvested in the S&P 500, it was up almost 160%. The story here was with Joe Biden running for office in 2020 and eventually taking office in 2021, the story was you could not invest in these stocks because of the ESG movement and the push 
from the Biden White House to support green and renewable energy sources to the detriment of old line, dirty fossil fuels. We had clients and prospects directly tell us they didn't want to own any of these because of the new president. And guess what? What happened? It's mid-2020, the energy stocks, more specifically, old line fossil fuels, not the heavily hyped and newly subsidized renewables, have been one of the best performing groups in the stock market. And this was happening even before Russia invaded Ukraine. Why? Two words, capital allocation. More specifically, the ESG, anti-fossil fuels movement, pushed and restrained old line energy management's capital investment in future production growth, just as demand growth resumed. And miraculously, these companies' free cash flow exploded higher. And with output expansion in oil and gas measured in terms of years, not months and quarters, management teams in the energy business have been guarded about taking on new major unknown return on invested capital expansion plans. This is quite the opposite dynamic from Facebook or Metaverse, Mark Zuckerberg's accelerating investment plunge into his future Metaverse vision. Many retail investors see accelerating capital investment as a good thing. They see it as a land grab of opportunity. The public markets rarely reward unconstrained, unquantifiable investments in projects whose future return is years away. They didn't for energy companies post-2008, as those companies spent tens of billions of dollars of shareholder capital on future production growth. And they aren't now on Facebook's investment in the metaverse. The second case study in contrarian value investing the last 18 months lies in the healthcare sector, more specifically in the drug and pharmaceutical industries. In this year's Inflation Reduction Act, the White House celebrated the long-term goal of the Democratic Party to regulate and negotiate prescription drug prices inside the Medicare program. Medicare spends almost $180 billion a year on drugs, accounting for more than a third of the country's total drug spending. These new powers allow the federal government to negotiate discounts directly with drug makers for some of the drugs that cost Medicare the most. Many shorter-term investors and traders sold the group broadly in August on the back of this announcement without reading the fine print or the details of the new law. These details are that Medicare won't announce its first 10 drug targets until September of next year, 2023, and the prices negotiated for those drugs won't take effect until 2026. That's a long way away. The law allows Medicare to target additional drugs each year thereafter, adding up to many as 60 by the end of this decade. However, that's a very long runway for implementation. Viewers, take a look at the HLV healthcare ETF. It's broader than the drug stocks, but you can get the picture. Focus on that blue line. That's the sector's relative performance versus the S&P 500. A flat line is keeping up with the S&P 500, an uptrending line is outperforming, and the blue line in a downtrend is a stock or a group underperforming the S&P 500. As one can see, Although the rhetoric out of Washington, D.C. has been anything but friendly with this administration, the group kept up with the S&P 500 in 2021 when economic growth was good. And it's been outperforming all of 2022 as investors have gotten concerned about economic growth. The only blip on that chart this year, first the market, is the two months around the announcement of the Inflation Reduction Act and drug price controls. Since then, the healthcare group and many drug stocks have been outperforming the markets handedly. Viewers, why did these stocks sell off for a few months? One word, sentiment, not fundamentals or a change in marginal returns. The law actually benefits many drug companies over the next few years. How can this be? Well, there's a provision in the law, 
that reduces how much seniors who are covered by Medicare are required to pay out of their own pockets for prescription. This should encourage greater drug use of high-priced medicines, thus allowing many drug companies to prosper from higher volumes before the price negotiations actually kick in. So while over the longer term, the act will likely lower company profitability, over the next few years, it could be sort of a blockbuster windfall for these companies. This is similar to how the Affordable Care Act passed under President Obama has turned into a windfall for many HMO providers. So the question now is, going forward for 2023, is there any sector that might be turning up in 2023 in their marginal returns on cash? Are there groups at peak pessimism, trough revenue growth, peak inventory, and peaking or declining capital expenditures? So shareholders see more cash in 2023. Are there groups newly under attack by politicians and or regulators? There's one group I can think of that's starting to fit this bill. What is that group? It's semiconductors. Now, viewers, I don't know if this is going to be a turnaround value group in 2023 or not, but here's the idea for you to ponder. Take a look at the SMH ETF chart. It's a basket of semi and semi-equipment stocks. Now, investors, TV hates semiconductors right now. Why? The correction from double ordering during COVID, work from home demand, sugar high, that's fallen off. And the White House has now attacked in chip demand and supply chains by restricting Chinese use of some of the most highly sought after chips in the world. But here's where it gets interesting. Look at the relative strength line on the SMH. When did it peak? Viewers, for general purposes, it peaked in March of 2021. It's quickly approaching Two years ago, even though the group made new absolute highs in 2021, it was barely keeping pace with the S&P 500. If you listened and watched TV throughout 2021, you'd remember that almost daily talk of insatiable and unmet end-to-market demand, as well as the big ramp in capacity by semi-manufacturers to meet that demand. And what happened? The overall group barely kept up with the markets in 2021, and it's been an awful 2022. Why? because the big money investors were already worried back in early 2021 about double ordering, overspending, and peak marginal returns on your cash investment as the industry sold older, lower price inventory into high end user demand and took the proceeds to invest in new equipment with the hope, hope of ongoing strong demand. And in 2022, viewers, guess what happened? Demand evaporated. Now, guess what's happening right now? Well, there's a vast retrenchment in semi-cap equipment spending due to the crackdown on China and global slowdown. But investors, that's where long-term dynamics and thinking might set up for higher long-term returns when demand returns. Are we using fewer semiconductors in society? No, not at all. What happens if the economy has a softish landing in the second half of 2023 or 2024 and demand reverts back to its historic five the 15% growth rate, double or triple GDP, just as all that CapEx expansion has been cut back. What happens if electronic users restock in 2023, just in case China decides to invade Taiwan down the road? Or if China circumvents trade restrictions and end runs them and sucks up all the current excess inventory in the channel? Doesn't this sound a little bit like the dynamic of what's happened in the energy markets over the last two years as we restrain CapEx due to the White House's vilification of fossil fuels, and then the globe reopened post-COVID. And then 
Russia invaded Ukraine. Right now, many semiconductor companies are cutting capacity. China economic growth is slow currently, and there's an increasing rhetoric towards Taiwan, which supplies the world with advanced manufacturing. So what if in 2023, what if it's a soft landing in the economy, or China reopens to get their economy on an upswing later in 2023, so maybe they have a little bit of growth and they decide to invade Taiwan in 2024 in front of our elections. Don't you think that that would be good for both demand and pricing in semiconductors right after they cut all their capital expenditures? Well, that's how an institutional value investor thinks. They don't think in terms of a stock is down 50%, it's cheap. They think in terms of our marginal cash returns near an inflection point. Are cash returns peaking? Are they troughing? They search out industries with cutbacks in CapEx and in headcount reductions, because on the other side, in a secular growth industry, there's more free cash flow available to shareholders. They like to hit them where they ain't. Investors, if the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, give us a call and schedule a meeting with an Oak Harvest advisor. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of public markets. However, we have to remind you, these investments may also lower your long-term expected returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future in stock markets are always uncertain, and that is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call here to speak to an advisor. Let us help you craft a financial plan that meets your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from the whole team here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.